Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Does this man need any introduction? I hope not. But uh, happy to have John Goodman back. Uh, we just we just did a podcast, which uh, we got a lot of great feedback. A lot of people enjoyed hitting me up about it. Uh, so you know, today's fireside chat. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him some curveballs. I'm gonna try to squeeze out the juice out of this man's knowledge and wisdom, um, and riff back and forth to get you guys as much insight on. Uh, well, we'll see a, a couple of different things. I actually got. Today, if you're cool with it, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you some, like, what would you do if type of scenarios. Um, okay. And, uh, and then we can, we can kind of, we can go from there, but. Uh, I, will, as- I will do my best attempt to answer like a politician. Okay. Which yeah, is spin your question as much as I possibly can and tell a really long-winded story that eventually leads me to talk about what I actually wanted to talk about in the first place anyway. And I'm going to say, can you just shut up, man? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm down. Let's do it. It's pretty fun. And um, hey, if you guys, I mean, honestly, anybody, everybody here probably should know by now, but John, you know, started PTDC, Online Trainer Academy. Uh, I, you know, I highly endorse it because I've gone through it uh, more so than anything. And, and John's done a ton of great work. And honestly, in that space, uh, I want to say dominates, but it's, it, it is the go-to, I would say, certification course, education on, you know, how to sustainably build an online coaching business, which... We are going to talk about uh, a little bit today, but you know, one of the things that I feel would be very, very beneficial. I, 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 what I actually wanted to ask you today was, if you, you know, if you were to build a business right now, but not just online. So, like, look, I'm going to put you in this scenario. You're, you know, you've been a coach and you've been a coach for years, um, yep. and and you end up like you do like some type of brick and mortar. I don't care if it's an actual gym or you want to coach kind of solo, at least out of another space, but you're also doing online. So. I'm going to say if John Goodman right now was like kind of, st- you know, you've, you have some experience in the industry as far as being a coach, but you got to kind of start from scratch and build a, oh, I hate saying this word, but okay, but a hybrid business as far as, yep. you know, there's some, uh, there's some face to face going on now and you can pick and choose. Do you go a gym route, a small spot, lease out, out of your garage, whatever, like where do you go from it? Um, and, and let's also talk about, you know, what your goal would be. So let's kind of reverse engineer. So like, hey, man, listen, I want to make 150 grand take home, um, but have a good amount of freedom. Like, what would you do? Like, my goal would never be to make 150 grand. Um, my goal would be to make as many millions as possible. Uh, I, I, I think if you set a goal to make 150 grand, it's a great way to make 15. Uh, if you set a goal to make 50 million, then, you know, worst case scenario, you'll make 10. So um, any structure that I'm ever going to, talk about doing is always going to be with the goal to go really, really big. Like in this day and age, you always have to focus on what's called asymmetrical risk, which basically means if you want to generate, and and I'll answer your question because I actually really am excited about answering your question. But if you ever want to build a plan to do anything, so many people that there's this misconception that really wealthy people take a lot more risks than they don't. This has actually been disproven by the data pretty unequivocally. They actually take the same or even less amount of risk. What they do is they understand what's called asymmetrical risk. Basically, they understand that the the reason a lot of people take bad risks is because of loss aversion, is Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, in in behavioral psychology, or behavioral, uh, 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 yeah, psychology, sorry, uh, losses loom greater than gains. Basically, people overweight losses. 
And so they don't take risk that might have them lose something, even if the potential gain is really, really big. Um, how you win out is you understand that uh, I'm, I'm okay losing a little bit if it means that when I win, I'm going to win really big. And that's how you um, mitigate potential loss and maximize potential gain. Basically, every opportunity that you look at, uh, every opportunity that I look at, I'm only going to look at that opportunity and say, okay, is there a chance at this being really big? If this wins, it's going to win really, really big. Because I know that I'm going to lose most of the time. Do, do, you, have so, a, do you have an example from, uh, like, I don't care if it's a, another business or your own business, but a decision for something like that. Because I'm, I'm completely with you. I, I think mm -hmm. that people, people think about the, the loss so much that they, you know, it's very risk averse kind of decision. talk to you about talk to you about the newest business venture that we that we're putting out and then i'll use that to spin into the answer to your question which is you know what would i build in terms of a hybrid business because that's literally what i'm building um you know the newest business venture is online trainer coaching so basically we've been teaching people to build online training businesses for a lot of years we built our own we built what i believe is the perfect online training model and um uh, basically, we only took on 100 clients for the first cohort of them. We sent out an email. We got 100 clients. We, we, we shut it down. And, and so I believe very strongly in doing like beta tests for stuff. So keep it yep. manageably strong, small. And, uh, and the business is not coaching people. The business is the algorithm and the system that we built and how we believe that that fits into the market opportunity. So basically what we've done is we've said okay what really matters in coaching clients programming really matters does truly individualized programming really matter mm, probably not you probably need a series of really really exceptional templates made by somebody who is truly world-class and then you need an intelligent enough system to be able to have people pre-select based off of an intake, based off, off of an algorithm that you build, which template is right for them. And then you have a programming coach who's pretty good and the last minute kind of individualize it. So basically the way that our system works is we, we recruited somebody named Joe Dowdell, which you can Google him. I think he's one of the premier trainers, oh, awesome. premier, premier programmers worldwide and uh, cut him in on the business. And basically said, okay, well, you're the program architect. For our initial group, we're only working, so our clientele was personal trainers, nutrition coaches. So we're only working with intermediate and advanced clients. We're only looking at fat loss and muscle gain. You can work out three days, four days, five days, six days a week. So based off of that now, we've built an algorithm. Somebody fills out an intake. They say, um, I'm an intermediate based off of the, speci the specifics that we lay out. Um, I'm an intermediate. I'm going to work out four days a week. I'm looking for hypertrophy. And then uh, injuries, we're, we're creating an algorithm for that too. So basic injuries, right? Joe Dowdell was the name, Adam. D-O-W-D-E-L-L. Um, right. -D -D -E um, based off of that, we have uh, a, a database of the major injuries, right? And if somebody selects it, it basically says, if this person has a injury, change exercise to B to Y, right? Um, the same thing with equipment availability. If equipment A is not available, try equipment B. If equipment B is not available, try equipment C. The, the system then, so right now we're doing this manually because we're, we're fixing up all of these 
types of things. But, uh, but in building this algorithm, we're going to turn it into a script because I believe right now, um, and this is highly, hugely controversial, but I believe it so much and I'm happy to say it. I believe that computer systems and algorithms can actually build better programs than 95 to 98% of personal trainers. And I believe that where a trainer needs to show up at the end, where an expert needs to show up at the end is that last bit of fine tuning. They don't need to set all of this stuff from the beginning. And so what we've done is we've built this entire system and then we have a coach at the last minute. So our trainers log into the software and um, the day one that they log into the software, their clients are all aligned in teams of five because I think small group accountability is good. So the teams are all aligned in groups of five. All of the messaging for the 12-week program is already automated to go out at different times. They have scripts and, and instructions on how to respond to all of these types of messages. We have our retention system, like, like the messages actually book in the retention call in the first week for week 10 to get people renewed. And then um, the program, so which of these program templates with all of these differences is already in that client's account. And then the coach logs in and basically looks at the intake, looks at the client and fine tunes it and sends a message to a client if they need to. Um, and we're going to actually remove it one more step. And the coach is actually not even going to do that programming step. We're going to have a few programming coaches that are going to do that step. And the reason for all of this and where this leads to your question about the hybrid is the, the, the fitness industry, in my estimation, is a really young, awkward adolescent industry. It's kind of like, it's, it's only like 40, 50 years old. And we're kind of in that like awkward teenager phase where everybody's pumping their feathers. And it's, it's growing up very, very quickly. Um, if you look at any management consulting book anywhere, it will always say, have people work in their 5%, have people find their unique ability. For some reason, in the fitness industry, personal trainers are meant to do everything. And like, what's the skill set that you need to be a successful personal trainer conventionally in the gym? You've got to be in good shape, energetic, motivating, good at programming, good at science, entrepreneurial, good at marketing. Like, all of those things yeah, don't you exist. About, you missed about 20, by the way. but So like, that doesn't exist in a human being, right? <laughs> But those individual ones are actually really easy to pick off and, and people will thrive in those. And that's what we've seen. And so, you know, the coach who's working with the clients is the coach, is the empathy driven coach, is the passion purpose driven coach, right? They don't need to be good at sales. They don't need to be good at marketing. That's what we do, right? They don't need to be good at programming. That's what our program architect and our program coaches do. Our pro, I mean, somebody who's like a science geek who loves programming should probably not speak to another human. <laughs> you know, they should like sit in the back room. So talk about now, so that's, that's the system that we built. So to talk about this asymmetrical, right, uh, 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 risk, we, we built the system and we're testing it and we're, I mean, we're profitable, but we're not like super profitable on this. But what we are going to do in building the system, if it works the way that we intend it to work, is that, we literally have a five phase plan. Have a five phase plan with this. That's three to five years out. That's going to take us down to um, developing our own software, reselling our own software to trainers, having a coaching service, having a lower end automated app service, 
and then beginning to buy up corporate locations and actually having people train out of those corporate locations. And so that goes into your hybrid one. So that's where that, like, if this works, this will work very, 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 very big. If it doesn't work, it doesn't actually cost us that much and we're still kind of profitable. Um, so going into your hybrid question, it's actually really cheap to get like 2,000, 2,500 square foot locations that's not on the street front, right, that people will drive to with lots of parking. And if you have a system whereby you know what programs people are going through that come in, you can start to align your equipment and buy your equipment very specifically for that. For example, in our fat loss programs, optimally, people are going to do like five, six exercise giant sets. That doesn't exist in a big gym because you just can't do that in a commercial gym. So it's very hard to work that into your client's program, but optimally, that's what it would be in a fat loss. So if I've got, let's say, a 2,500 square foot location, I can buy five sets of each piece of equipment in those giant sets and arrange the gym so that people can do them. Right, I can build that out so it's optimal. And then um, people have on their phone the app and they pay me, you know, the gold level membership is they can use our facilities and our space where these people will come in. There are coaches in the gym that have the app on their phone too. And they can put up their hand and say, Hey, Luca, what's up? Yeah, man, can you just coach me through this, uh, this bench press right now? Can you just give me a squat? Luca, you pop on your phone. You go click, 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 click. All right, John, I got your program. Yeah, let's do it, man. And you coach through it. A trainer to me doesn't need to be there for every rep. A trainer needs to be there selectively when the trainer needs to be there. And so they pay now a $200 or $300 membership fee to be able to use that gym the lower level for the service is, let's say, 100 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month, and they can work out anywhere. And then what do you also have in those facilities? Well, you sell your own supplements, and you recommend the supplement, and you have the supplements loaded in the gym, and it's unlocked with a key code on the app. Click, charges their credit card, pops out, and then you use this as a way to begin to buy up corporate space and stuff like that. Um, I mean, what, how do you maximize square foot? right in the gym so that's that to me is answers both your questions right like it's it's building a system to test a, a to test a hypothesis of what might work going through the process of testing it with this vision in mind of where it could lead to and um and i think that's the perfect way to have a gym to be honest i mean i love i love where you're going with this what i want to do is extract because obviously this is like I, I mean, I love the idea of you taking this and going like, well, this is what I believe the future should be. Like you get great program design, you get competent coaches and they can pick and choose. Like, I'm just going to do this shit myself and get afford, make, get it affordable or I get a coach. And it's honestly still affordable, right? Because I mean, if you got a coach, and it's still affordable. Four, five, and now eight. you have coaches doing what coaches should do, right? Which is coaching and none of the other shit that, trainers in our industry like some trainers are really i mean the people on this call right i know some of the folks here matt franco like you guys are awesome um like like entrepreneurial minded like good at business passionate about professional development like y'all are gonna rock it no matter what i'm not worried about you guys <laughs> but there's a lot of people in our industry who like get beaten down by the business side of it and my opinion is no i agree i mean i'm not do it 
just I was just bringing up in my previous preso that point as far as like figuring out you know uh, the the like the who not the how you know and I'm like hey look a lot of times maybe you shouldn't be like if I I believe that if you're gonna be a business owner right there's coaching and there's business of coaching to a degree like you have to like the business side you have to learn to like like it love it or I don't feel that you will be successful in that side of things. Now you can be, you can be successful as a coach, but in a different, uh, for instance, you got, you got to understand how money works. If you're going to be a human being that lives on the planet. (laughs) Absolutely. But it's like, if you, for instance, are a brick and mortar gym owner and you're like marketing sales, right. And you just keep, you keep, you can't learn to be like excited about that. I, you know, I would recommend for you not to have a brick and mortar gym, Like, and that might be the best piece of advice you ever get. And still, you know, you, there's still a ton of different things uh, that you can do to be successful, happy, fulfilled in this industry, make good money, all of that stuff. Um, and, and I know that like, that's kind of like, you, you, you look at the white space and go like, this is what's missing. This is how I can solve this problem, this problem, this problem. Um, yeah. Now for, for, for how, how do we level up the industry and make everything better for the people who work in it and for the people who are consumers of it? Yeah, well, I, I think too. I mean, what it does is, from what you're talking about, honestly, it creates some pressure of leveling up for a lot of people. And all, two, also, I think it makes people choose. Okay, I am going to go into business in my own business, or hey, I want to be the most excellent coach that I can be. Yeah, uh, should that way, and and not have to, you know, go on the other side. But hey, for everybody on this call, like I, I, you know, that would be my question from this the what you were just sharing, and. Like I know that the everybody that's in on on this call is the five percent. Right? I mean, first of all, the part of the reason they're here is because they're investing in the cells and, and dedicated. The, the, I would say the one percent of the one percent. Yeah, <laughs> not I, even I, the five yeah, percent. I appreciate you correcting me. Five is like <laughs> I'm, I'm disgusting myself. What the hell am I talking about? Five um, percent. Well, can you? Well, it's it's one thing that's always jarring to me. I mean, obviously now we're not going to do it, but I mean, I I like training a lot of different industries a lot of different environments. And so, especially when I travel, like I'll get a trainer wherever I am living in the world. Right. And, uh, and you Eastern Europeans freaking Luca, just like the hardest training ever. Uh, my trainer in Montenegro was like a Soviet union, like five by five barbell trainer, basketball player, of course. But, uh, but walk into a big box gym and just look at the sign of like all of the trainers. And it's, it's jarring when you look at, cause everybody here knows the different qualifications and certifications and stuff like that. And like, maybe there's one person who's done any kind of continuing education outside of the required CECs. Like yeah, maybe like the, the one. Basic ISSA yeah. and it's yay. Right. Yeah. True. It's pretty jarring. Yeah. I agree. And now, now if you look at those three to five years that you're like, okay, you're like, I'm, you, you guys are testing out what you just talked about in the next three to five. Right. And it's like, it works, it works big. Okay. So for the one person that's here, right. What would you say? Like, you know, have the people consider everybody on the call, consider your advice on something that they should probably consider or look into in these next three to five that would help them in their career. I mean, I, I, I partially know the answer, but I'm gonna let you rock with this though. No, I mean, that's a great question. Um, uh, number one is to know that there's always going to be a lot of people who have way more money than you that are going to be putting in tremendous amounts of marketing. And Silicon Valley will never replace personal trainers. 
you know, you've got like, you've got Apple Plus coming out, right? Obviously Peloton, you've got Beachbody, all of these things. I mean, they just have so much money that if you're trying to compete with them, you're just going to get blown out of the water. Like, it's just never going to happen. But what you have is the biggest competitive advantage that you could ever have, which is personal relationships, which is um, the ability to create very personal content and relationships with your audience. I think doubling down on that is going to be even more valuable. Um, everybody who follows me on Instagram, I send them a message saying hi and chat with them a little bit. I mean, I don't have a lot of people follow, I don't know, 10, 15 a day, maybe a bit more, but like that type of thing. And, and to me that it doesn't have to be exactly that, but that type of thing, just the ability to just knowing that the person who's following you now feels comfortable reaching out and engaging in a conversation when they have something means that you're going to get the inquiry, mm -hmm. right? When they're, when they're interested in. That's, whatever a, that's, a, that's a great point. I almost want to uh, like zap and shine a light on that for, for all of you guys here. Um, Cause I, if you guys notice what John said though, it's like that a person will then be like, Oh, it actually is fine with me to reach out to John. He yeah. reached out to me. It's like permission because people are, I, I just had a message yesterday, you know, it was sent out to me and I messaged it back and they were like, oh my God, I can't believe you answered me. Yeah, right. I, I just sent it. I was like, roll the dice. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, like I answer people, right? And right. But then people are more liable to, you know, they see another video and they comment and you answer them, right? But that's what opens the door for If you're going to be the leader. Right. Say that again? If you're going to be the leader, yeah. you got to lead. You need to say, I mean, Seth Godin his, his famous line of how marketing works, people like us do things like this, mm -hmm. right? If you're the leader, if it's on your platform, what do people like you do? People like me send goofy boomerangs through Instagram as I'm walking. People like me just says hi and um, uses your actual name and engages with you in some way, making it safe for you to engage back um honestly i think that that's uh that's that's the most valuable thing that you can do um and then the other the other answer to your question luca which is i mean unrelated but i mean i talked about this before money management man understand how money works if if you want an advantage over your peers if you understand how money works and you understand how money works for you you will get that advantage. Um, and you talk about it all the time, right, Luca? Like, you're great at that. But it is, well, actually, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, guys, if you have a question about this, because I'm I, I, like, if you had a couple of tips on this, I, I certainly, I'll, I'll add some for sure, but, let, you know, on the money management side of things, and let's, I mean, I, I think it doesn't have to be specific to, you know, the training industry, I think just period. But, you know, what are some of the mistakes that you see? in the industry when it comes to money management and some like simple, like aha principles that people can start doing today. And it, it cause, cause there are, there are, there are small things that you can do that will change a lot. If you look yeah. you know, it goes down the line, but what, what are some that you're like, for sure, Hey, I see this not happening and it probably should be. For sure. I mean, number one, you, you, you and I have actually spoken about this, but hiring a good financial team, the money you spend on a good accountant and good tax accountant is money that you make. There are very few better investments to that. Uh, don't, don't look at it like you're spending money. 
right? Because if you don't really know what you're doing, the first thing they'll do is be like, you've spent $20,000 too much on taxes the last three years. Uh, And I mean, that's like not for personal trainers. That is not an uncommon story. Understand the difference between good debt and bad debt. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you, I'll give you a very quick um, example of that. Something we're considering doing. So, uh, you know, we bought our house last October, moved into it February and, um, mortgage rates were really low. So we got a mortgage at 2.49 and like could have bought the house, but just took the biggest mortgages they would give us because 2.49 is ridiculous. So we took like a $1.25 million mortgage, right? Not because we had to take it because even with COVID, you know, I've done seven to 11% on investments the last five years, even with COVID this year, we're over 7%. So, I mean, it just, it just makes sense. And now um, we kind of looked at it and we're like, okay, we got lucky. We're pretty sure our house appreciated a few hundred thousand dollars. So we're going to pay $300 for an appraisal of our house. And um, mortgage rates are now 1.81. So it would cost $17,000 to break the mortgage and get a new one. We get our appraisal It'll probably come in two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand more. We'll take three or four hundred thousand dollars at our house, get a new mortgage at 06 percent lower rate, and then we're going to go and buy another investment property. Like that kind of idea of just some of the stuff that you can do um, when you understand how debt works, really. And obviously, you need a bit of money, but like you don't actually need that much. Um, when, when you understand mortgage rates and you understand how to do the basic calculations of, uh, of, of cash flow. That's a very, I mean, that's a great point of stuff. And, uh, and two is, and for everybody that's on here, first of all, you know what, let's check this. Who here has, uh, an accountant that they're like, my accountant's awesome. Hey, and, and be really honest. We got, you know, close to 60 people on here. So just be like, yes or no. Like, I just want to, yep. Okay, cool. Emily does like, seriously, let's just put it down here because I, I promise you this. I, I kind of got a little bit lucky with my accountant Cause I trained her. She's like the Jordan of accounting. Um, <laughs> and up, like, they're just gangsters can be And Yeah. Like every, I probably go in every week to two weeks. Cause they're also pretty close to, okay. you know, have conversations about. Do like, they do the bookkeeping too? They do, they do everything. So they, oh, do, so my, they do financial my, planning and all that. The whole shebang. So they do my personal taxes, all, all my uh, three, four company taxes, payroll, uh, the whole thing. So what they do is they, they, they'll do analysis sometimes and go like, hey, listen, um, you know, you're paying yourself too much here, getting yourself bonus, like, right? Like they'll adjust and be like, this will save you $18,000 a year. This will, right. you know, let's move this here, there. And, and those are, you know, that's part of it too, just being able to have these conversations. There's quite a few, um, you guys are about like 40, 60. Um, by the way, on a serious note, like, you know, I've referred over 30 gym owners now to my accountant. Uh, they've been doing fitness industry stuff for obviously as long as I've been in business for, for a gym. So for, well, actually 14 years here. So you guys want their contact info. They're too cheap. I've been trying to push them to, to double rates, but, uh, you know, you guys might be able to get in (laughs) serious. No, I'll send you guys, uh, you know, their contact info if you want for everybody that says no, because they're phenomenal. Now, you, you know, with that said, like, this is one of those things where today you can make a decision and do something, but over the next five years, like you'll save hundred grand, right? Yeah. Like, and, and have a lot less stress. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the conversation of one of the things that 
can mess up uh, any brick and mortar business is signing a shitty lease. You mm-hmm. sign a shitty lease, like you're always, like you're always going to be trying to come back from behind, you know, uh, or what John talked about, which is, look, can you get better, uh, better rates and refinance things? Like I got to refinance on this building in two years. Um, right. and same thing. We're looking into what are we going to be able to do? What, what numbers do we need to push to be in a better position to be able to, you know, uh, take out some equity possibly, and then maybe get another commercial building. Right. These are the types of things guys or like put it into other investments. Other I mean, investments. whatever you think yeah. is good. Cause yeah. your skill set is coaching and helping people transform their bodies so they can change a narrative of, of their life. And the money that you make from that, you want to be smart with it and make it work for you. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what me and John have been talking about, you know, many, many times over, um, you know, cause am I like, I, I have a real estate company. Am I a real estate guy? Not really. You know, does that, do I wake up in the morning and go like, let's sell some homes. Fuck no. Right. But, but, but it real estate is smart long-term, it's especially mm-hmm. long-term. And so I've gotten a proficient understanding it so that I can take money from, you know, my skill set, my art, which is coaching and coaching coaches and putting into something that long-term will, you know, create dividends and equity and payback and security and so on and so forth. Right. Um, and so because of that, like, you know, I think this is a very, very, very important skill set. And I would encourage every single body, every single person here on the call to dive into that. Like I said, if you have an account, talk to them. If you don't, uh, I'm actually, you know what, guys, I'm going to put my email in here, email me and I'll connect them to you instead of uh, just blowing up. So if you're serious about it, I promise you have a conversation with them. Uh, email me and just put, and just put accountant in the subject line. That way I'll know. And I'll just get them in contact with the sharing stuff and, um, and, you know, for some of you that this might be, you might remember this day and be like, man, <laughs> I was on a call with John and Luca and I got an accountant and my life's changed. And then I found the greatest girlfriend ever. And, you know, dot, dot, dot. Everything, everything turned beautiful after that. It's amazing okay. how that works, isn't it? I know. It's, so, it's, man, it just spins out of control. <laughs> this was it. Take a snapshot of it. This um, was the moment. That's okay. That's one. Do you have, do you have another one that, that pops to mind? What was the original question? Hmm. Just ways to get like ways to be competitive. No, no, but no, to, uh, the way the money management side of things. Right. So, uh, okay. And, um, and how can people moving forward, you know, what, what are some tips that you would give on, on the money management side of things for trainers? Cause that was, that was a phenomenal one, but like, what is something else that. Yeah. Um, I, at the beginning, I think work back, working backwards from profitability is, is a smart decision. A lot of people are like, oh, what? Hey, hey, every, like in our communities, I'm sure you get this too. Hey, what's everybody paying their trainers? What should I pay my trainers? What should I pay my VA? It's like, how much can you pay them? Like, that's the question. So work backwards from profitability. Again, with this, with this coaching program, just because it's top of mind, because I did all this analysis a few months ago, I basically went into it and I said, unless we're 40% profitable or not, this doesn't make sense to do. And so um, I created a spreadsheet with all of the expenses, you know, from, from uh, hard expenses that you can affect, you know, like software, um, development fees, payment processing, whatever. Um, and then I just did a little bit of basic financial modeling on Excel. And so I put, you know, 40% at the bottom. I said, okay, if we have 100 clients, uh, then at, at 500 bucks 
for 12 weeks, then we're going to make 50,000 bucks for 12 weeks. Okay, cool. Rip out our hard expenses. Now I have X amount of dollars left over to pay staff. Okay, I know that we want five coaches that are going to work with 20 clients each, plus our program architect. And by the way, and perhaps this is the most important point, your hard expense is also your salary or the portion of your salary that contributes to the activity. And I'll explain that a little bit. Um, myself and uh, Alex Cartmill is one of our staff members are both heavily involved in this project, at least at the beginning. And I'm an employee of my company and Alex is a staff member of ours as well. And so we basically estimated, we said, okay, uh, I'm going to spend 70% of my time on this project for the next 12 weeks or whatever. I'm going to spend 40% of my time. So what's 40% of my salary? Okay. That's because my salary is not profit. Right. As a business owner, what you take out of the business is in addition to your salary. And that's what you need to look at. And so we did this financial modeling and I basically looked at it and I said, okay, uh, cool. So this is the amount of money that we have left over to pay our coaches. Right. Does that seem reasonable is the first question. Like, is that fair to them? And then I looked at it and I said, okay, well, how do I want to incentivize them? In the model that I'm doing already, you can probably imagine, it's like the coaches actually do very, very little for the first cohort where they work with clients. But then if they do a really good job with those clients and build relationships with them and they retain the clients for a second go round, the coaches now become very, very valuable. And so I don't pay the coaches much per client for the first group. But then if they work with that same client for a second group, their payment per client doubles. So they get a huge bonus incentive to retain them. And, um, and of course, we, you know, they're already trained in sales because they've gone through our level two online trainer academy program. So that helps. But, but it's that idea. And then, I, and then all of this financial modeling basically says, okay, and is there money left over for marketing and advertising? And how much is there? And is that reasonable? And so we looked at it and we said, okay, 100 clients. We're going to do 100 clients next time. We're going to do 100 to 200 clients next time, but, uh, but we're going to do 100 clients next time. And then we're going to go 500 clients each time. Okay, well, 500 clients, I need, like 100 clients, I don't need any kind of a marketing budget. I'll send an email, we'll fill it. But 500 clients, we need a bit of a marketing budget. So how much is there? And so in starting with the profit, you see how all of the other numbers, you start with the profit, you start with your hard expenses, including your salary contributing to the project. And then, you, and then all of the other numbers start to fall in line and you look at them and say, are they reasonable? And then you can start to adjust how much you pay people and how much you have available for advertising and watch how that affects your profit margin. So if I know that I want to take a 40% profit margin, okay, well, I've got 150000 to spend on advertising and marketing. I feel like I might need two or two fifty. All right, let's put in that number. Well, now I'm at a 35% profit margin. Is that reasonable? Right? And so if you start with profit and work backwards, it becomes much more clear what you can pay people. And then you can have perfectly honest conversations with your staff and with other people like Joe, for example, who's, who's cut into this project as well, who has some, some, some stake in it, and, per, be perfect, and just say, look, like, this is the budget. This is what we're all trying to accomplish together. This is where we're all going together. In order to get there, this is the financial model. Here's how much we can pay you. Like, it should be a very, it shouldn't be like, a, oh, I've decided to pay you 200 bucks. It's like, no, this is, have an honest conversation with them about that um, by working backwards. 
I, I think that's a phenomenal point. Uh, and honestly, you know, I see a lot of faces on here. I, I know a bunch of you guys that have gyms. I know a bunch of you guys that are coaches. Same thing. The same thing. Now, obviously, margins are different for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I can tell you that 40%. But they shouldn't be. But they shouldn't be, <laughs> which is which is kind of what I was talking about at the beginning. Yeah, build, but build, a, build a tech back end that allows you to expand out of your score footage. Yes, yes, to yes. Be able to get thirty percent. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, but 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 what what is what is the great point? Like, see, I do this. Get get good at modeling, right? Modeling stuff, and look, it can be as simple as uh, not even doing an Excel sheet. Like, so I, you know, I've done this before, where you look at you know what you're paying coaches. Same thing. I'm I'm like. On my end, I always try to be, you know, quite quite higher than the industry standard on that point what side of things. Um, but you know, we we ran into stuff where you start going like, okay, well, our margins aren't where I want them to be, and here's how the industry's changing, and yada yada yada. And what you model is going one like, I mean, exactly like John said, it's reverse engineering it. But hey, do you want to do you want to see what it's like if you pay your coaches like this? What about if you pay salary and they work this many hours? How much are they making per hour? And is it better than it is right now? Cause there's more security. Okay. Absolutely. Like I, I don't see enough people going, what if, what if, what if, and then you yeah. have three, four different models and you can legitimately go like, hmm, okay, well shit. Like right there, we just increased our profit margin by like 4%, which can be phenomenal by the way. Yep. And long, and you go and you go to the coaches and go like, listen, like today you're going to make some less money, but, but within the next six months, you actually make more and you'll have more security. Right. And it, once again, you are able to have that conversation by going, this is where we're at. And this is not good for anybody, but mm. you'll take one step back, but watch this like in, in six months. And I'm not, and I'm not taking that extra 4% and buying myself another watch. No, exactly. Like no. this is not, that's not, that's not the goal of this. I mean, the our entire capitalist system, which like it or not, we live in a capitalist society. Our entire capitalist system is predicated on profit. I mean, businesses don't work if they aren't profitable. And you taking a salary is not profit. Correct. Which means totally cool is nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with owning your own job and being happy with that. But that should be a decision you make, right? Like that should be a conscious decision that like, I'm quite happy you know, training my clients and owning a little bit of a gym and taking a salary and not being profitable, but like, know that you won't grow, right? If you want yeah. to grow, then you've got to look at profit. And like, both of them are totally cool, but they should both be very conscious decisions of what you want to do. And that's why I think what, what you're saying, Luca, about, about modeling the different scenarios is great. Like, it's not saying that one is better than the other, but once you have it in front of you, at least you know what you're working with. Exactly. Actually, Matt has a great question here. Said if somebody wanted to stay a singular personal brand and didn't want to hire on coaches, but is okay with hiring staff, VAs, et cetera, what business model approach do you see as best? Uh, an example would be like having a high ticket option, uh, business and or fitness one-on-one coaching, possibly a group coaching option and some products courses, like question mark. So uh, yeah. let's, yeah, let's talk about, you. let's talk about like, I'm going to, I'm going to rule out people who have, I mean, Matt, you've got a pretty good, a good following on, on Instagram, but I'm going to rule out people who have got like, you know, is somebody who has the opportunity to generate massive amounts of organic leads. Uh, you know, there's, there's maybe like 20 or 30 of them, I would say, 
Uh, like there's not a lot, but you know, somebody who has a million Instagram followers, like a Brett Contreras, use that as an example, like a million Instagram followers, like rabid following. He could say, he could say, buy this piece of poop on a stick and he'd sell like thousands of them. Right. Rule out those people for, for normal humans. Um, what, what we found is a series of ranges and profit margins and you, you hit a cap pretty quickly. Um, so you can be, uh, zero to about 150,000 by yourself with sort of a VA doing some stuff like you're going to work pretty hard, but you can do that with a high ticket model where you'll be zero to 150,000. You'll be at, I mean, you could be at an 80%, 85% profit margin with online training. With that. If you want to go up to 300,000, You'd probably need like an assistant coach to get hire on one of your best clients, but it'd be super low stress in an assistant. You drop down to anywhere from 50 to 70% profit, depending on your ability to generate organic leads. Um, Cause your marketing is going to be your biggest expense. You know, your software and stuff won't scale up that much. And you could be about 300,000. Once you get beyond that point though, like 300,000 to a million, Now's when your profit margin is going to drop and be closer to that 30 to 40% because you're, you, you're dipping into wider and wider and colder and colder lead pools over time. Right. And then you're having to create, you're, you're having to build more of a team of coaches. Um, and then, you know, once you're at a million plus and scaling past five, 10 million, um, now, now, you're building a team generally like one to 3 million. You could do it with like a team of five to 10. Uh, but 3 million plus is, is a pretty legitimized breaking point of businesses where like you need a pretty serious corporate structure, um, which, an HR which, structure for that. Which I think garners the question to you, Matt, and everybody else, which is, you know, going back to the reverse engineering is like, do you want that? What do you want? Yeah. Do you, do you, do you really want that? And I, and I think too, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a great question for a number of reasons too, because you do have to ask yourself, I mean, look, we're going to go back to this. What do you love doing? Right. Um, you know, do you enjoy, like, do you enjoy the work that you do? And I think that like, that really kind of leads to the path of like what type of business to build and where you're going to go with it. And, um, you know, the, the, what we talked about earlier, which is right. money management investments and things like that. I feel that it's such an important part because let's say for the next 10 years, you're coaching and you're doing it like you love it. So you don't get burnt out because you're loving it. And you create a model that, Hey, you work hard, but you got your freedom. You can do your things and you invest in a smart way. You put yourself in a much better position after 10 years to then go like, you know what? I'm going to work yeah. a little bit less. I'm going to do a little bit more of this and a little bit more of that. And I think one of the issues in the industry is that we have a lot of great coaches, a lot of people that are passionate about helping others. And they get to a point where they go like, I'm, you know, I'm 10 years in or however long in, I'm getting a little burnt out because I'm working so much, but I don't have the security. So the thing is, you're never going to make a, a powerful decision from a place of, of threat or a place of, yeah. uh, you know, uh, stress and, uh, you know, where, where you're like scared of shit. Like you're not going to, you're not going to go like, here's this amazing vision that I can build. And here's where I can do where you're like, holy shit. Uh, I, if I get hurt, I don't even have to, you know, money to pay the bills for, for the doctor or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's why, you know, I, I, yeah, I want to kind of keep going back to that. It's like, Hey, listen, like being smart with your money and 
like the basic shit, like, you know, richest man in Babylon type stuff where, um, you know, put 10% on the side. I mean, like, I remember I started putting 25% on the side, you know, and, and, and even more because I was just like, you know what, that money's gone. So certain money, when it hits your account, I don't care what you're making. Even if, even if right now, the only thing you can do is like 50 bucks a month or 50 bucks a week or whatever, let it go here and then go there. Whether that's saving Roth IRA, I mean, we can discuss all types of shit like that. But well, it's, and it's different. The, the, the vehicles are different where you live too. You guys have a little bit different in the States and, and even different States have different stuff than we do. There's a lot of Canada, different, Ontario. more about the habit of, right? Cause yeah, I, I, I'm sure you hear this a lot too. Well, John, you know, when I make X, Y, Z, I'll put X, Y, Z on the side. Mm-hmm. And the best thing that I ever did was like, when I didn't really make shit, I was still taking the percentages, you know, um, right. and, and putting them into different places. Like it's, building it's the idea. The metaphor is a uh, metaphor that we're all comfortable with, with nutrition is, if you've got a big plate of pasta, you're going to eat all the pasta on that plate. If you have a bit smaller plate of pasta, you're going to eat the smaller pasta. Yes. Right? And you're going to be just as full and just as satisfied. And so the metaphor, which I, I mean, I buy into, I don't, it, it's um, Mike Michalowicz profit first is kind of where a lot of this yeah. comes from. Um, I don't, I think it's very good for getting started, the profit first approach, which is, which is a book, profit first, kind of talks about what you're saying, like take out the profit first and put it in a separate account that you can't even see. Uh, it's not really how money works though. So like once you become a little bit more sophisticated, you kind of need to throw it out the window, but, um, but it is a very good way to get started. And that metaphor came from him that, you know, the, the plate load. Well, and the idea is like, if you take the profit off first, you're going to have a little bit mon- less money to run your business with, which means you're going to have to run your business with a little bit less money, which means you're going to be better at running a leaner business. I, I, I agree with you. That. I agree with you that like, you know, we, we could dive into some <laughs> certainly more sophisticated stuff, but it's, it's, it's like, it's almost like giving the next habit to somebody that's just like, what you're talking to me about fucking right. carbs. Like, Jesus Christ. Like just have more protein with this meal. Okay. Just put right. some fucking money on the side. You know what I mean? Um, and I, and I, I know we, we, we veered off and I kind of want to come back to, you know, that, that question. Cause I think it's a great question. Um, but you know, John started talking about reverse engineering and, and you, you got to start doing more of that and modeling. And, and Chloe asked a question. I think this is, uh, it's another good question. Um, how would you create a budget for staff and in general when operating from a loss? So I'm gonna let you take that first before I add my two cents, but. Oh, I, I appreciate that, Luca. <laughs> <laughs> so we hit, we got to this point. I'll tell you a story that I haven't told very much. I got I got reasonably lucky in business in that I hit on this online training thing earlier than basically anybody else. Lucky, I mean, we had done a lot of research that led to it, but basically I had no competition, which meant that our profit margin was really high with, with the courses and stuff we were selling. We were able to put like a good couple million dollars in the bank. And, um, and I gained a lot more confidence than I should have. And over a few years, we started to see our revenue be steady. You know, we didn't go down in revenue, but revenue was steady and expenses crept up. And I'll tell you, man, Chloe, woman, people, when, when those two lines cross and revenue and expenses begin to outpace revenue, that is a scary thought because that, we had seen that trend going. And it always thought it was going to reverse. But the day that I got that monthly report from our financial team and they were crossed over, I said, oh, God, like, 
Like we got a lot of money in the bank. We can figure this out, but we need to figure this out. And the first thing that we did was take a hard look at expenses. Call your call every company that you've got payments with, credit card, phone, lease, everything, and just ask to renegotiate. You'd be surprised what'll happen. Um, look at whether like like you got to get into the into the black. Um, so, how do you create a budget for staff? Well, what's making you a lot of money right now? And are you are you tripping over pennies? And falling down before you hit the dollars, you know, are you spending a lot of your time on activities that are making you very little money right now? Can you do a very difficult to do, because often it involves personnel who you love, but can you do a very difficult outside objective assessment as to what is actually making you money, what is making you profit, and start to call the stuff that isn't and put more effort into the stuff that is? Um, that's... That would be my question without knowing any more than the one sentence you yeah. gave there. I mean, without getting into like your business, right? I don't know if it's bootcamp, personal training, online. I don't know what it is, but that's what I would say. Yeah, I, I would I would back that up that you have to look at, first of all, expenses, because they will creep up. I've had this happen a lot of times where I'm like, holy shit. Uh, and then you, you look at it and you can chop down stuff a lot. And then also the model. Uh, you know, going back to the model, like, I mean, right now we're in a time where let's be real. If you were running a large group model, um, you know, anything 20 people and over 15, 20, you know, 20 plus people and over, we don't, you know, we don't, maybe it comes back next year. Maybe it does. But my, my point being like that model got crushed. Yeah. Annihilated. If you, if that's the only thing that you were doing and now all of a sudden you're like trying to, you know, essentially think about, you have the same amount of clients if you were able to keep them, um, but you had to you had to cut the class in half. If you just had to do that, you basically had to open double the classes, which either you're going to work double the time or you're going to have to pay payroll double the time. And that in itself, I guarantee you, wipes out your whole profit margin. You're probably in a red. Just and you might have been profitable, and now you're not. It's just that one thing. So you have to look at stuff like that and go like, well, okay, what do we do? Do we have a new model? Do we pay coaches less? Can we do that? Is it still reasonable? Uh, in my mm -hmm. scenario, like right now, you know, I opened up a ton more classes because I had to, but as soon as we don't have a certain amount of people per class, shut them down. And I'll tell you that like in the last week, just the shutting down of classes is saving 600 some per month, which is seven, $8,000 per year. So one quick move, seven, $8,000 per year. Right. Yeah. And, and you have to go in and you have to kind of be a surgeon and start dissecting your business uh, you know, sometimes it's a harsh reality of going like, okay, you know, do I have to really, truly, completely change the model? Go to small group, go to semi-private, um, you know, and maybe you're doing well with semi-private, but you could 5X that pretty fast and, you know, really downsize small group or even shut it down. Like if you had a hundred people in, in large group and you could get 40 of those into semi-private, you're probably right. back to profitable. Even if all the other 60 people are like, well, we're out of here. But you're like, okay, well, that's it. Could you, could you increase your, I mean, if you increase your prices 25%, but yeah. can you, can you, you can lose 20% of your customers. Um, Absolutely. And that, I mean, that I'm not saying that that's the right solution, but. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's things you want to look at, right? I mean, and, and I would say for you where you're at, I would certainly go and look at that. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what Adam said, you're more, when you're talking about margins. Yeah. Right. I saw that question online. 
Yeah, like yes, yes, Adam. That's a hundred percent for online. You've got really no overhead, but tears of joy. Yeah, no, I think I think we would all shed tears of joy. I mean, look, the motion that you can get with online training right now—that's why it's a bonanza for like spammy fitness coaches. I mean, it's because right now you can get crazy motions very quickly in with low amounts of clients which if you think about it is the absolute perfect environment for a whole bunch of people preaching you a dream because it's relatively straightforward and easy to generate 50 $100,000 in online coaching if you've got like a good network already mm-hmm. with some good sales and conversion principles. Uh, nobody's going beyond that, <laughs> right, with those, with those models, which is why if you've noticed every single one of those advertisements only says what happens within the first month or the first two months. Um, none of them say what happens long-term because those models don't work long-term. They don't continue to grow. They, they basically take out low-hanging fruit in a network. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But what I will say, Adam, is that um, brick and mortar, I mean, what, 15 20%? profit margins, right? Like it's a tough business. But if you add online to brick and mortar, hybrid, but also give people an opportunity to grow out of that. And I'll tell you a story about somebody we work with who did in a second. You should be able to grow your profit per square foot considerably because your expenses don't scale. You already have the community. You already have the contacts in the network. And now um, Susie, who works out at your gym, who loves you guys, who's always wanted to tell everybody about your gym, but uh, previously could only refer people who live 15, 20 minutes away, can now refer her cousin in another state and her brother-in-law who lives out of town to work out with you guys. And those people who you take in, you take in at an 80% profit. So add that to your bottom line. That's why I've been telling gym owners to add online training since 2013. Um, and very few of them did. But like um, uh, Jesus Acuna, who owns uh, Resiliency Fitness, probably the most appropriate gym name ever in Tucson, Arizona, uh, is somebody who works with us. He's been through our level one and level two program. And he uh, had a studio. There's actually a couple of things interesting about a story. One is he called me afterwards and was like, hey, I can finally pay off my debt on the equipment. Should I do it? Does it make sense? I said, what percentage are you paying? He said, 35%. I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> you should pay that off. Um, uh, but I was like, yes, wipe out your savings, pay that off, right? But, um, but basically, uh, he was doing his highest month before COVID was 8,000 in his gym. COVID had shut down his gym because he, he knew what he was doing. He shifted everything to online. He did 9,000, 11,000, 12,000, 12,000 in the first four months that COVID hit, then they could open back up. And he opened back up with a hybrid model, whereby basically what he was doing with his, uh, with his online training, he basically said, okay, there's a silver and a gold level, right? The silver level is you still do online training, you can work out wherever you want. The gold level is you come into our classes. And that's, that's his business now right so now anybody who comes to him anywhere can come in in either of those two levels um to me that's that's the future of training and more negotiations with some of the largest gym chains in the world actually about implementing these systems into their into their 
like hundreds of facilities because um, it's you have to. That's that's definitely great insight and definitely, I, you know, because uh, we got a couple couple minutes left. You know, we could chat it up for forever. Um, but I definitely look if you have a hundred clients right oh, in your gym. I mean, I'm round numbers, so it's easy to use. You could very like if you launched and promoted and not even you know no ad spend no nothing. I, I think it's very reasonable to say that you could get 20 to 30 people into an online coaching program just just through the referral network, just make mm. past clients. Uh, like I said, referrals from yeah, the Yeah, a already- past client list. Why do people, anybody who's had a gym for a while has a list of people who have left that gym or inquired and not joined. Why did they inquire, not join or leave that gym? Too expensive, found a more convenient option, moved away. Well, now you can solve all three of those problems. <laughs> Contact every single one. And that's, right. I mean, if you've been in business for a couple of years, you got hundreds, at least yeah. hundreds. Right. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about that and like this, you know, I think that what many of you should work on is what John started with, which is kind of like going, okay, reverse engineering things, right. And going like, okay, well, what does, you know, and, and let's just call this peak A. And when you get to PK, you see peak B, but PK for you might be like, Hey, you know, working this much, working with these type of clients, having these many physically, this many online, making this much take home, man, that would really make my life be good for what I envision. Okay, cool. Work backwards. 20 online clients, 40 in-person clients. These are the hours you work. Like learn, learn to start. I'm a doodler, man. Like I big whiteboards and I doodle shit all the time. You know what I mean? And I like to draw. So I map this, I map it out nice and I, because I'm visual. So I'm like, oh, okay, I see it. All right, here's what we got to do. Oh, there we go. Do Wait, check out life. the basketball scores first. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's oh, the office man. basketball pool. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think that if you guys do that, like you, you'll answer some of your own questions clarity wise, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we went into, cause you know, we never know what we're going to talk about, but like, uh, that we went into these cause they're like big principles that, you know, if you can filter some of your decisions through, they'll make everything else easier. And then you'll be able to use, you know, choose, choose and pick the tactics and strategies a lot better uh, rather than us just going like, you know, here's 22 strategies to blah, 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 blah. Like that. Yeah. I did. You know, I did not expect to talk about this. So that was fun. Always, always fun with you, my friend. And we're today. I've been like two, two, two for two on time, man. All right. Um, Good job. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as, as always, dude, I, I, I love our conversations, man. Like, uh, they're always insightful, fun, uh, you know, and, and they flow. And I know, I know we could probably go on for hours easily. Uh, I'm definitely going to get you back on a show for sure. But okay. I, I always thought it'd be super fun to just get a group of like great people together, get like four or five of us together and literally just sit in a studio and talk for two days. Actually, you know what? It's a done deal. Fascinating. Be Let's fascinating we'll, to do. We'll follow up on this because I think that would be fucking great. Yeah. Um, uh, All right, well, actually, thank I you, and everybody here. I mean, based off of the, the the folks that I do know here, you guys are incredible. So thank you for coming and hanging out with us on a Friday afternoon.